Blog Talk Radio. Time to watch this movie. Shut the fuck. 98. Ah! It's Hey yo, hey yo, regardless of rain or snow, sleet or hail, I kick street tails, choking niggas like I'm free well, golden state, holding your face in the palm of my hand, blow you away like it's part of the plan, I gotta call it like I see it, talking like I be it, walking my walk, thugged out, orthopedic, cause I'm soon to be up, give me room, watch me heat up, niggas try to stick me like Abdulawima, follow the leader, make me go extra hard, yo Norris, should I hold back or show the repertoire, quit at 16 or throw an extra ball, just for the non-believers, I show them why it's so hard to reach us. I get pussy with my father's speeches. Puff heavily. See me at 6'1, weigh a buck 70. Catch me in spots, y'all niggas never be. Packed in, like Green Bay. Harlem week to Queen's Day. Performing a cappella, no DJ. 98 live, no replay. Make it seem easy. So tell a friend and tell a friend that it's them again. No, Champagne on the rocks, pouring the Fort Knox, Lazarus, Shark Salad with carrots, corn chops and applesauce, twin connection, disrespect and watch your body caves and pump the shoddy gauge and hit the shorty whitey potty trainer. I ain't playing, I'm truly the worst, to be the first to get his whole body fully reversed. Who's your hurts, leave you double dead. I'm a bubble head, I never listen to nothing my mother said. And yo, I hold niggas ransom for money like Johnny Handsome. I'm son of niggas so long, I think I got a grand on my passion is money. A stash and a honey that won't ask no questions. But don't blast anybody, that's my kind of girl Kind of world I wanna live in, not a cell Or a prison or in hell, so I'm getting just a little ghetto Where my niggas control the middle and know the riddles of life For others no only get little Rich places, sick places See my story, 6,666 pages Wages, I wrote six aces And at the same dice game, I caught six cases All over big faces, now I tip laces Ready to dig faces, but the bang it ain't a bit spacious Niggas building up their rib cages, cats like the rib places, bloody lip cases. Kim is a big racist, but I stand for the big places. But the world know your girl though, I fuck her off a furlough. Should be up, put me up, all your sales could be luck. Only question for these ducks is baby girl, could we fuck? You the type that need a wife. Wax told y'all to keep the light. Asshole, y'all don't play around. I lay it down. Fuck around, I spray around. Flick a biscuit, nigga, risk it. My ass, yeah. Ain't kid. no nigga in the world, you know, thorough than this. Buffs off and sit the hot barrel dead on your lips like two thirds of a brick. Panero and kiss the crystal white fluffy parts that are come back with. See, the plan is to stash y'all. Cash y'all. The weed so strong. They gotta put it in glass jars. Niggas try to smoke me out, then smoke me out. The rims on my new joint be poking out. I'm about to have no. Feelings. Shit is deep. Do they dance with the devil when they sleep? I wake up gripping the air, wishing the head. Shit that they kick in your ear when your soul drifts in the air. My gift is half rotten when I spit it dead. I should have dropped down my eye. I'm tired to cry. And I ain't never seen a nigga that's too live to die. They say you get what you ask for. Get it cause you ask for it. A nigga ain't a thief, then he better have the cash for it. And we gon' be around till your body rot. And if the feds brung us in, we get the same time God he got. Love for you. 
yo, yo, what it do? Welcome to the Skybox. This is your boy, Chills. And this is your boy, DC People's Champ. Demo! Electrifying man of internet radio. What's going on? What it do? Oh, man, we are here tonight. Another Wednesday night. Champion Chills. Oh, man. Another, another one. About to drop another one on y'all. Go ahead and kick it off the kick, uh, quick three. Yes, indeed. The quick three here for you. Uh, the first story in the quick three, we're going right into it. And it has to do with the San Antonio Spurs and their franchise namesake, Tim Duncan, who has decided that he will exercise his options for next season. That's according to a person with knowledge of the situation who spoke to the Associated Press on the condition of anonymity because the San Antonio Spurs have not yet publicly disclosed Duncan's decision. Uh, Duncan, uh, again, according to this anonymous person, has exercised his contract option, which is worth $5.6 million, but there's still no decision on whether the 40-year-old mainstay of the franchise will return for another season or will or if he will retire. Last season, he averaged a career, uh, a, a career low uh, 8.6 points per game and 7.3 rebounds per game. But uh, he did still provide some solution for the Spurs who made a playoff run uh, this past season. So once again, he is uh, exercised his contract option, but uh, he is still mulling over whether he will return for one more season or if he will indeed call it a career after this past season. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, second story in quick three has to do with a former NFL quarterback uh, going ham on everybody's favorite owner, Jerry Jones. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's how it went. Uh, it's, uh, Jake Plummer was actually on Twitter, do, and he went had went in on a, uh, on a on a rant about medical marijuana, but then decided that he was going to go after uh, Jerry Jones. Actually, it wasn't on Twitter. It was actually in an interview with BSN Denver. Uh, he said about Jerry Jones, quote, like Jerry Jones, who says it's absurd that there would be a link between brain trauma, football, and CTE. Shame on him for saying that, that billionaire asshole. It's the worst thing in the world for a guy like that to say. That's where we're sitting. Grown-ass men are asked to go out there for millions of dollars, which, yeah, it's a lot of money, bang themselves around and completely fuck their lives up over for their 40s and 50s. So, yeah, poor football players is what I, is what I say. If you're a grown-ass man, you should be allowed to make grown-ass decisions, end quote. So, yeah, uh, Palmer really went in. I mean, he went in on different topics about medical marijuana, about uh, Josh Gordon uh, being blackballed because of his numerous uh drug uh, instances and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, you can check that story out online. I'll, I'll probably post it in, uh, in the group uh, after the show. And the final story of the quick read actually double hit uh, has to do with the passing of two secondary coaches. 
one of those coaches being legendary women's coach uh, Pat Summit, who uh, who um, passed away at the age of 64 uh, after being five years after being diagnosed with the early onset dementia form of Alzheimer's. Uh, Many in her family had figured that her time was uh, numbered after her health began to decline in recent days and she had recently been admitted into hospice care. Uh, the legendary coach who never had a losing record um, in her time coaching the Lady Volunteers announced back in 2011, May 2011, that uh, she was had the disease but was stepped down. After the 2011-2012 season, uh, 38 seasons in, uh, so it's very sad that she has passed on, and she is actually one of only two coaches in uh, Division One basketball to have over 1,000 victories in her career. Uh, Coach K is the other, uh, so. Rest in peace to uh, Pat Summit, and also rest in peace to legendary defensive mastermind Buddy Rogers, uh, Buddy Ryan, I should say, who Ryan. passed away at the age of 85. Uh, the uh, the elder Ryan uh, revolutionized defense by creating the 46 defense, the 46 defense, which got the Bears to win the 85. Uh, Super, uh, Super Bowl championship uh, back in that time, and has been just a defensive genius. The one, the one lone uh, uh, negative spot in his record or in his career was when he was caught on camera in a fist fight with offensive coordinator Kevin Gilbride when he was a defensive coordinator for the Houston Oilers. Uh, he leaves behind his uh, twin sons. Uh, Buffalo Bills head coach Rex Ryan and assistant coach Rob Ryan. Um, so, rest in peace to Buddy Ryan as well. And that is your victory. Yeah. Uh, prayers going out to the families of Buddy Ryan and Pat Summit. I mean, these are two. These were two coaching icons. I mean, you had Buddy Ryan, who who had the mastermind, who was the mastermind of the forces. B. I mean, what he did in Philadelphia when he, I mean, well, what he did in Chicago first. I mean, it, it was amazing. I mean, that defense was one of the greatest of the game. The fact that he went to Philadelphia and gave them a killer defense with Reggie White, with Jerome Brown. But uh, rest in peace to both of them, though. Uh, Prayers out to both families. All right, let's go ahead and kick this off. Uh, where are we? Oh, we also have another death that happened over uh one say a couple of days ago. It matter of fact it happened the same it happened later the later the uh the same day 
that uh, Pat Summer and Buddy Ryan died? Um, former course running back dies after accidentally shooting himself. Former course running back. God. Zorloin Tipton dies after he accidentally shot himself. That was tragic. Very tragic. Like, yeah, he was only 26. He was only 26. He sustained a fatal, a fatal injury after a gun accidentally discharged from the inside of a duffel bag that he was pulling out of his, the, the trunk of his car. Tipton was struck struck in the in the stomach and taken to a nearby hospital where he was later pronounced dead. No one else was injured. Tipton side with the court as a Undrafted free agent out of Central Michigan in 2014, he played 16. He played in 16 games for the course between 2014 and 2015 and scored one touchdown in his brief NFL career. His former teammate, teammate Dante Moncrief, shared his condolences via Twitter. Wow. I mean, I mean, it's tragic though. Something like that to happen. Like, I mean, you would you would think after the whole Plexico Bears thing, guys would be more careful with firearms. You would think so. But I mean, but I mean, an accidental discharge from your duffel bag is kind of hard to predict that that kind of thing would happen. You know, and it's, I mean, just, it's very yeah. tragic. It's very tragic, very, very tragic that it was an accident discharge from the duffel bag and everything like that. So, I mean, it, overall, it's tragic. I mean, I, I'm I'm not placing any judgment on it. It's just tragic, man. It's, you have to be careful. With, it's like you can't be too careful of anything, but God, like, it makes you think of, it makes you want to think about everything that you're doing now, like, because, I mean, you can do anything and it can possibly kill you. <laughs> one careless, I can't even call that careless, one slight whatever, and boom. I mean, you could be in the kitchen cooking and something just, something happens and that's it. You could be walking down the steps and miss a step and die. 2016 is, 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 is not happening. Okay, because we've lost a lot of legends. I mean, we lost Pat Summit, and I'm gonna tell you something. Pat Summit was probably one of my favorite coaches in college basketball, whether it's men or women. She's one of my favorites. She was tough but fair. And in 38 seasons, the fact that in 38 seasons as a head coach. She never had a losing record, ever, a losing season, ever, and managed to compile over 1,000 wins. And she's the only female, the only coach in women's basketball to do so, and only the second coach in basketball, period, to do so. You know, she, she was one of my favorite coaches. And, you know, I, was, I actually followed a lot of Tennessee volunteers, uh, Lady Balls basketball, when she was coaching. 
Uh, one of my favorite players, yeah. Shamiqua Holtzclaw, who ended up coming to the Mystics. Uh, so I was a big fan of. of, of, of I don't want to talk Coach about Cummings. that one. Oh, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I was a I was a fan of Shamiga too. I ain't gonna lie. I was a fan of Shamiga while she was in Tennessee. Shamiga most part was bad though. She she was a good player. Man. Uh, and then and then Coach Ryan. I mean, I mean Coach Ryan. I mean, what else can you say about Coach Ryan? I mean, he was defense. He was the genius behind the four six defense. I mean, before the, before he came up with the forty six defense for the Bears in the eighty five in nineteen eighty five. I mean, he. Standard section. He's a three-four or four-three. He came up with the four-six, four defensive linemen and six linebackers, and it led the Bears to a to a, a Super Bowl. Uh, so I mean, what can you say about Buddy Ryan? I mean, he was he was a he was genius. Yeah, he had that one nice. bad you know scene where on TV he was seen punching Kevin Gilbride right in the face. Uh, but I mean, other than that, he was a genius. He was definitely a genius. So, 2016 player, like we need to check on like cats like Jim McMahon or uh, or Joe Gibbs or something like that, man. I don't trust 2016 right now, man. I don't trust. Him. I mean, I know. I, I mean, I know everyone has their time, but God, I mean, it's we're not even seven months into the year yet. I mean, we're almost, but still, it's still June. Like, what's going on? I mean, you got all these legends, all these icons, all these celebrities dropping like flies left and right. God, I mean, this is really tragic. There's a story I'm looking at right now. Uh, that has to do with the NBA. We already mentioned Tim Tuckman is looking at he's already exercised his contract option for next season, though he hasn't decided whether he's going to stay or not. But there's a story going around from ESPN that Dwayne Wade is actually open to the idea of leaving the Miami Heat and going to create. Uh, yeah, I so saw that. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? The fact that D-Wade is actually seriously considering leaving the Heat, the team that he broke in with, to check the test free agent water. Honestly, I'm 50-50 with this, and here's why. I'm not a fan of players who spent, who spent pretty much the entire career with one team suddenly leaving once they reached a certain once they reached a certain age. I don't like when teams release them players, and I don't like when players really decide, you know what, I'm done. But I look at Dwayne Wade's resume with the Miami Heat. He has helped this franchise reach three NBA championships. They've won three NBA championships. He's played phenomenal basketball with this team. I mean, you've done pretty much everything you could do with one franchise. Championship, all-star appearances, MVP uh, candidate. I mean, he's pretty much the all-time leading scorer. He's considered the greatest player in a, that has ever put on a Miami Heat uniform. So, honestly, there's nothing left for him to accomplish. 
because even if he does have free agency, when he retires, he will still be he will still retire as part of the Miami Heat. He will still be their great the greatest player that they've had. He will be their all time leader. He will be the Michael Jordan of Miami. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually would put a statue of him up. So I'm fifty fifty with it. I mean, I I I can't really see him playing in another uniform outside of the heat of a heat jersey, but but at this point, what's left for him to do? As a for what's left for him to do as a player of the Miami Heat? So I mean I'm still I'm fifty fifty with it. And then another story that seems to be making around uh, social media is uh, KD Kevin Durant uh, actually has face to face meeting scheduled this week tomorrow Thursday with his current team the Oklahoma City Thunder and Saturday with get this the San Antonio Spurs. So my question to you mm. is. Does KD bolt OKC for San Antonio? Does he stay with OKC, or does he bolt to a team other than San Antonio or OKC? Okay. Here's my scenario with KD. For the past eight, nine seasons, he has seen that he cannot win in OKC. Now, he has a chance to get what he wants which is an NBA championship. So if he does decide to go to San Antonio, more than likely he will take a nice little pay cut and they will uh they will pretty much have, uh ooh, rework all of the all their current players' contracts. So they can have money for K D. Now Here's the tricky part, though. If KD really does come to the Spurs, what would that mean for Kawhi Leonard? Who's going to be the small forward? Who's going to be the power forward? Honestly, I will put Kawhi at power because, I mean, he's pretty much, I don't know. That would be interesting because, I mean, KD is more of a small forward. Kawhi can actually play both four positions. But, I mean... I can't fault. I, I can't at this point. I can't fault. I can't fault KD for wanting to leave because he wants a championship. I mean, yes, he was drafted by the Seattle SuperSonics, which later became the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I mean, he. I mean, he's had a team around him, and they just can't get it done. He's had Westbrook. He's had Serge Ibaka before he was traded. He's had Harden before he was traded. He's had pieces around him to win. So at this point, maybe his time at OKC is really up. I mean, I don't honestly, I don't think he's really looking for a Warrior. I think his, I think the number one goal on his agenda would be that NBA title. What are your What are your thoughts? 
on KD possibly going to San Antonio. I think that if KD does go to San Antonio and Chip Douglas comes back for one more year, I think that San Antonio really puts themselves in position to be the favorite to win the Western Conference next year. Uh, I really think I mean, that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, Golden State. Yeah, Golden State. Yeah, Golden State won seventy-three games last year, but they went to the NBA Finals and had three-one lead, choked it away. So if KD ends up in San Antonio and and Tim Duncan comes back for one more season at forty years old, even if he doesn't uh, average double-digit points, double-digit rebounds a game. I still think that San Antonio goes right to the front of the line as the favorite in the West next season without a doubt. Because then you have KD up there, you have Tim Duncan, you have a great a great group of guys there, and Greg Popovich who knows how to coach and get them to the promised land. They automatically become favorites. Or automatically. They've got to be the favorites. Anybody who doesn't think that San Antonio yeah, honestly, KD and all they would be. is wrong, it's, it's foolish. They will be based on this lineup. On this on this lineup, you will have you will have Kevin you will have Kevin Durant, you will have Lamarcus Aldridge at center, Kawhi Leonard. More than likely, Danny Green still stuck at the uh, two spot. Then, depending on what they do in free agency as far as point guard, honestly, I think I think Jamonte Mori might be a starting. He might be the starting point guard coming <laughs> this upcoming season. I mean, yes, he's a rookie, but. He's 6'5 and can play both guard positions. He's quick. He can shoot. He can handle the ball. So, I mean, right now you will think he'll he'll learn from Tony Parker, but honestly, he might be more ready than people think he will be. So that should be interesting because, honestly, the Spurs need to get younger at the point guard position and – they need another young big man with with uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, that's just. I mean, those are facts. I mean, the beat OKC. They didn't have enough. They didn't have enough bigs to beat OKC this past season. Now I look at them now. If they do get KD, OKC bigs won't be enough because one, they lost Serge Ibaka. They bought in some players from Orlando, but it was out KD. I don't see them being a better team. So real quick, let's go. Let's go over the uh, the uh, NBA draft that took place last week. Uh, I actually have the first round results here. So uh, I'm gonna go through all, you know, from one to thirty, real quick, and then we'll talk about it real quick. Because I definitely want to get to uh, a good story today that happened in the NFL. So, but let's let's talk about the NBA draft. Um, 
the 76ers, of course, made uh, the right in the no shit Sherlock file pick uh, Ben Simmons, six foot ten power forward out of LSU, as the number one player uh, drafted uh, off the board. Uh, the big man was uh, was number one on the big board, and it was a clear choice at number one. Uh, so he goes to Philly, and he'll be playing in, in Philly. Uh, the L.A. Lakers, with the second pick in the draft, selected six foot ten small forward Brandon Ingram from Duke, uh, Coach K product. Uh, Boston was number three, and they got their pick from the Brooklyn Nets. And they selected Jalen Brown, small forward from the University of California. Uh, Phoenix takes Dragon Bender, seven foot one power forward from Croatia. Chris Dunn, a power a point guard, six foot four point guard from Providence, went to Minnesota with the fifth pick. Uh, the sixth pick, New Orleans Pelicans picked Buddy Hale, shooting guard from Oklahoma, the Sooners. Uh, Jamal Murray from Kentucky was given with six fifty seven pick from uh, of the Denver Nuggets, which they got from the New York Knicks. Uh, Sacramento with the eight pick pick power forward Marquise Chris from Washington. Uh, that's actually going to Sacramento. Toronto they got their the ninth pick from Denver, which he got their pick from the Knicks. They they selected. Jacob Holt, right, Holt here from Utah, Denver. They got a silver big man. Milwaukee Bucks select Sean Maker, 7'1 power forward from Australia. John uh, Zagas, 25 power forward, Dumpton, goes to Orlando with the 11th pick. Teron Prince. Uh, small forward from Baylor going to Utah after they traded uh, uh, they traded the pick to Atlanta. Uh, Phoenix, the 13th pick, which they got from the Wizards, selected George. Oh my God, why are these names so hard to pronounce? Uh, George Garnas uh, Papagianis from Greece and Spencer. I would go through the rest of these because some of these names are like hard to pronounce. Philly actually made two more picks in this first round. Uh, they picked number 24, which they got from Miami, and they selected uh, Timothy Luwawu Cabaret from France, and in the 26th pick, Furkan Korkmaz from Turkey. Uh, Golden State, who has had the last pick because uh, you know them making it all the way to the championship, uh, they picked seven foot center from Vanderbilt, Damian Jones. Uh, so, some interesting, interesting picks in this uh, first round. I actually want to talk about the draft. Um, but of course, Ben Simmons was going to go first overall. I mean, like you said, that was the no shit Sherlock pick. Uh, but ba- let's look at let's really look at this draft though. All right, picks one through ten. You got Brandon Ingram, clear all star upside. 
you got Jalen Brown, elite athlete, great NBA body. You got Bender from you got Bender, prototypical stretch four in the NBA. Chris Dunn, tough defender, guards multiple multiple positions. Buddy Hill will give Pell's instant offense. Jamal Murray, perfect backcourt fit with Muday. Wow. Then you got Marquise Chris headed to, headed to the Suns. Great choice. Toronto's pick. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. They he's they got him as a safe pick. Then you got Ron Maker, risk major risk, but could could pay off. The bonus headed to OKC in a Baca deal. Tyron, Tyron Prince, potential three, three and D guy for the Hawks. Mm, that's a good deal. Denzel Valentine. Now that was a great pick for the Chicago Bulls, considering the fact that they did trade Derrick Rose. Yep, that was a great pick because <laughs> they honestly needed some kind of superstar. They needed a super star. Yeah, I heard. I heard Derrick Rose when he heard the news that he was going to New York. He jumped for joy towards ACL. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh my God, I, I don't even want to get into the jokes and memes. But honestly, Denzel Valentine okay. is a great fit okay. for the Bulls. That was a great pickup. Let's see. I'm moving down to the Memphis pick with uh, Wade Baldwin the fourth. Big and athletic, but is he a point guard? <laughs> Henry Ellison, versatile big man, is a steal here. Malik Beasley, one of the best shooters in the draft. Moving on to the later part of the first round. DeAndre Bembry, old school, old school game elite body. But I'm going too fast for to DeJounte Moore of the San Antonio Spurs. <clears throat> he is con- he is considered the steal of this entire draft. He is a six foot five guard point guard from Washington. Six foot six uh, six foot five point guard, hundred and eighty three pounds. This kid can play. He can play both guard positions in the NBA. And honestly, I think he will be a great asset to the San Antonio Spurs, especially once he gets developed by Greg Popovich in that system that the Spurs run. But I mean, it's like it's like the Spurs always make the right moves. It's like no matter what it is, this is a team that knows how to they draft well, they trade well, they sign players well. This is a team that will possibly win 50, 60-plus games for, the, for another 20 years. 
I mean, they haven't – the Spurs haven't had a losing season since 1996-1997 season. I mean, pretty much the year before Tim Duncan got drafted. I mean, it's just amazing, though. Like, everything that they do is just amazing. Okay. We made it past the draft coverage. Now, let's make it to the NFL. story with the NFL has to do with the announcement that the former number two overall pick in the 2012 NFL draft, Andrew Luck, has decided well, to you say number, you say number two? Another... You said number two? Oh, sorry, number one, number one, I'm sorry, number one yeah. overall pick, because RG3 was number two, I'm sorry, but the number one overall yep. pick re-upped for another six years the deal worth $140 million. Uh, the contract includes $47 million guaranteed and will average $23.3 million per season. This new deal makes him mm. the highest paid player in NFL history. So, what are your thoughts? Honestly, if you look at the first three seasons, of Andrew Luck, then you could say he's worth it. Last year was a downfall. It was the worst year of his four-year career. I'm not going to take nothing away from Andrew Luck because we know what he can do. This guy has carried this team since the day he walked in as the guy to replace Peyton Manning. He's got he's gotten the course to a to one. AFC championship appearance. So, I mean, you can't, you cannot knock Andrew Luck for getting his money because, honestly, it was it was well-deserved. And I believe this will be the season that we will see the real Andrew Luck. I'm not going to, um, we're really going to see the real Andrew Luck, like, we're not going to see what we saw last season. We're going to see the Pro Bowl top three quarterback, Andrew Luck. Yeah, I mean, when you have $47 million fully guaranteed, $87 million guaranteed total, I mean, man, really, uh, they're really pulling the title on this game. And like I said, his first three seasons, he was, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um uh, Luck was sixth in NFL in passing yards from the year he was drafted in 2012 to 2014. Uh, yes, he uh, and he also had 11 and five records his first three seasons, making the playoffs in each of those seasons. Uh, but yes, 2015 was a down year due to a lot of injuries uh, and uh, a lot of injuries and poor play. Uh, he had a shoulder injury that forced him to miss two early starts and then a lacerated kidney. After week nine ended his season, and he ended up watching the rest of his, uh, the, the 2015 season on from the bench. But I think that this 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 front office is very smart to know that franchise quarterbacks are, are are a hot commodity, and when you have one such as Andrew Luck, you want to lock that you want to lock that up for the long term. But here's where my 
concern comes in. Now you see Luck getting this big contract. My concern is will this will this big contract line a certain quarterback who plays for the Burgundy and Gold and cause and, and cause issues with him? That's my question. Because that's something you got to think about. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, granted, 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 there's, there are big parallels between Andrew Luck, number one overall pick in the 2012 NFL Draft, Kirk Cousins, third-round pick, same draft. Big parallel. Uh, mm, Kirk parallel. Cousins only had his first full, his first full season as a starter was just last year. Andrew Luck has been a starter since he was drafted. So there are big parallels. But the concern and the question is, will Kirk Cousins still try to ask for a contract like that, given the fact that he's been in the league the same amount of time as Andrew Luck? Even though Andrew Luck has put more on the, has put more out there on the field than he has. Honestly, Kirk Cousins will not get that type of contract. He might get 70 if that, but he's not getting a six, he's not getting that hundred million dollar contract. I'm sorry, it is what it is. Um, Kirk, he is technically three seasons behind Andrew Luck. <laughs> I mean, he's really three years behind him. I mean, yes, they came out with the same draft. Yes, Kirk Cousins is possibly like a year or two older than uh, Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck has a body of work. Kirk Cousins only really has one season of work. He's not in a position to ask for that type of money. I mean, I understand that the market of his position has went up, but you're not the hot commodity on that market. I mean, you're not the hottest commodity on that market. I mean, if this was like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, hell, if this was Derek Carr asking for that type of money, he will get it before Kirk Cousins. Yes, Kirk Cousins has a division title, but Derek Carr not only has a Pro Bowl appearance, but shoot, He's the re- he's the main reason why the Raiders actually came close to making the playoffs. I mean, right now Kirk just needs to play. He needs to play out this season, show the skins why they should invest in him beyond 2016. He needs to prove his case. Whatever happens after 2016, then go from there. But for him to want that type of contract or anything close to it is a, is a third. For him to get that type of contract, he would have to put up monster numbers. I'm not talking about four. I'm not talking about four thousand yards passing. He needs to put up five thousand yards passing. Uh. 
40 touchdowns and about 15 interceptions. Just And I'm, I say 15 just to be nice. The Skins need to make it deep in the playoffs. And he will have to finish top five in all passing categories. There's another, and, you know, with Andrew Luck getting his contract extension, another uh, another player got a contract extension this week, and that was uh, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Doug Baldwin who signed a four-year extension with the Seahawks. Uh, his deal is worth $46 million. The, the contract will keep him with the Seahawks through the 2020 season. The new contract includes $24 and a quarter million dollars in guarantees and an average annuity uh, value of $11.5 million, which is a big raise from the contract he signed in the spring of 2014, where he was three years, $13 million. So, Baldwin, who has proven to be a fantastic wide receiver for the Seahawks, uh, was responsible for the NFL's top passer rating when targeted at 139.9, scored 11 touchdowns in the final six regular season games, um, and he's known as a very sure-handed receiver, throwing route runner, and willing run blocker. Uh, so, he's in... He looks to be, uh, for the next four years, a slot weapon for Russell Wilson and that uh, Seattle offense. And it's definitely good that they locked him up with Marshawn Lynch's retirement. Uh, definitely looks like that Seattle's going to go more of an aerial game than a ground game. What do you think? Honestly, uh I don't see Seattle being that much of an aerial attack team. I mean, yeah, they can pass. I mean, Russell Wilson does have an arm, but, I mean, their offensive identity has been built off the run game. Run game, play action, let Russ run with it if he, if need be. For them to actually want to go to a more aerial assault, I'm not sold on it because that's the case. They would have did a lot more with Jimmy Graham instead of making him a decoy. Now I look at the Seahawks receiving core. I mean, I'm, I mean, even with Baldwin, none of their receivers jump out there to me. I mean, you got Jermaine Curse. I mean, Kirk, and, I, mean I, I like. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I do like. I, I do like Curse. I mean, he's a big receiver, but I mean. I don't, like, put any of their receivers on any other team. Which one could ask, which receiver could actually be a legitimate number one? Anywhere else. But I'm not really any, I'm not even want to uh, really say that, though. I will say this, though. The Seahawks have a great system for their offense. I mean, I understand you want to expand it, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I just can't see them as an aerial attack team. 
I kind of I kind of agree with you, but I just don't see their run game being any, you know, really being that strong with Marshawn Lynch's retirement. I mean, I really I can't name who would be their primary running back. I can't. I just can't name it. So I really think that by process of the fact that Marshawn Lynch is retired, they're going to be forced to be an aerial team, and that's what's going to expose them in the long run because their receiving core is not as deep and is not as talented as any other receiving core in in the league. Matter of fact, there's, there's a story. This is our, this, they call it segue. Brady on this. There was a story that was put out uh, last week, as a matter of fact, where uh, Washington Redskins wide receiver Jameson Crowder said that the Redskins receiving core is the best in the league. I tend to agree with them because if you look at the, the and not only do I agree, even like people like ESPN agree because you look at the receiving core for the Redskins now. You have Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. Boom. You just drafted Josh Dodson, who's like a grown man. He's like a grown man around kids at TCU. You got Jordan Reed. You add Vernon Davis in the offseason. You bring back Niles Paul, and you got Jamison Crowder. So the question is, is this receiving core the best in the NFL right now? Honestly, yeah. Because, I mean, you add in – they finally add a big receiver in Josh Dobbs. That's a red zone threat at receiver. And you still got Pierre Garcon. You still have Deshaun Jackson. You still have Jamison Crowder in a slot. Here's where it gets interesting at. You still have Jordan Reed. And you have Vernon Davis. Now it's Paul. You look at these receivers and tight ends. I mean, yes, Niles Paul is going to be playing a more of a fullback role, but think about it. If you could send him outside of – if you could send him outside just catching passes out of the backfield, I mean, that opens up so much. Because, I mean, you will have to account – you have to you will have to account for each receiver, including Niles Paul coming out of the backfield including Jordan Reed lined up in the tight end spot, including Josh Dawson or Pierre Garçon lined up at number one. Then you still have Jameson Crowder in number two. And not to not to forget about uh, Ryan Grant, who's going to give you quality as a number four or fifth receiver. I mean, like, it's going to be it's interesting because, I mean, cause, I mean it, it really is. I mean, because we know Josh Dawson won't get benched. He will start. <laughs> or at least he will see the field enough. Because between Pierre and Deshaun, one of them is guaranteed to get hurt this year. hate to say it, but even still, I mean, you still got Jameson Crowder. You still have all these other receivers that can that can deliver. Plus, you have Jordan Reed. You have Vernon Davis. I mean, the Skins have so many weapons around Kirk Cousins to throw to. 
it's ridiculous. I mean, Here's who do you think about? Is, I mean, it's like you can't double cover. You can't double cover nobody. You cannot double exactly. anyone. Exactly. And then you think about it, this would be Kurt's first full offseason as starting quarterback. He won't be splitting reps with the first team. He'll be getting all the first team reps. So he'll get more exactly. comfortable and have more rhythm and more, uh, you know, I mean, more, uh, much better timing with these receivers. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, Oh my God! Like just thinking about it, it's just like yeah. I salivate at the at the thought that you know, with a strong running game and this receiving core, this team can definitely, definitely. Because I mean, last year, even without you know the additions of Vernon Davis and Josh Dotson, uh, the Redskins passing game was still pretty was still pretty solid last year. Uh, I think we were. It was. I think we were near top ten in passing yards when the season ended. So the passing game was still pretty solid, even without these two of these additions. And with Niles Paul coming back from injury, Jordan Reed looking to have another good. I mean, it's, it's and then Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. This is a contract year for them, so you know they're going to want to go out yep. and ball out to try to get a bit, you know, get that big money. So I mean, it's, exactly. Everything there's there's like a perfect storm here. Especially with Kirk Cousins, again, he's also playing in a contract year. He's playing on a franchise tag. So, you know, everybody wants to ball out to get that big money contract. And there's, like, for the first time in a while, the Redskins are actually slightly favored to repeat as division champ. I actually saw an article about this, that there's that there's a – there's an article that gives the top five reasons why the Redskins will repeat as NFC East champion. And I think one of those reasons is this receiving core, is the fact that this receiving core is so, so fat. It's so fat. It's so crazy. Uh, it's so just, I mean, good grief. Good grief. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I honestly cannot wait. Like, I can't hopefully even. Hopefully, everything it, it all works out. I, I can't, wait, I can't wait for Madden. And look, listen, and I can't wait because, like I said, I'm going to be at every home game this year because I'll, be ha- I'll have these tickets. So I, I can't wait. Yeah. I, cannot, I feel you. I guess But uh, real quick. Real, real quick, uh, news story, a couple little little tidbits to cover before we we get up out of here. Uh, one, did you see the did you see the video that that's gone viral on the internet? It shows H saving something from a man trying to jump in and attack him at a show back in 1988. All right, say that one more time. So there's a you know surface and has gone viral on social media. It's uh Steve Austin faces school age in a um match house show, a live oh. event back in nineteen ninety eight yeah. Cole first became WWF champion. Uh and there was a fan that jumped into the ring and tried to attack Stone Cold. Triple H beat the crap out and a referee beat the crap out of his dude before they finally took him out of there. Uh but yeah that video Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it right now. 
yeah, I'm watching it right now. I'm like, that's crazy, yo. Like, that is so crazy. Uh, oh, and uh, it's a good thing that people don't try to do that nowadays. I mean, some people will try, but I mean, security's gotten so much better with, uh, you know, with the, uh, with, with security and people trying to jump. And then a lot of people get this liquid courage in them and everything. So luckily, you don't see stuff like this anymore. I think, you know, it's very rare to see stuff like this anymore. But that's just crazy to just think that something like that happened in a lot of events. You know what I'm saying? And then the other story is that it's been announced, it's uh, making around on social media that uh, Randy Orton uh, is expected to finally return after having in, uh, uh, after injuring his shoulder and having surgery on it. He's expected to return August the 13th at a live event. So uh, Randy Orton's been out for about a year, maybe a little longer than a year. Uh, that yeah, he uh, he's finally going to return. So the question will be. You know, will he come back and immediately be in the world title hunt? What will happen to him? So, be interesting to see how that goes. But Randy Orton can come back on the 13th. Uh, that, well, that's good. I mean, uh, I mean, it's good that he's returning. But honestly, I'm I'm looking at all all this new talent that the WWE is bringing in, all these indie darlings that they're bringing in, like. Some of these old guys, they're they are slowly losing their spots. So, I mean, Orton is a legend. He is an icon. But right now, like the fact that Seth Rollins is back, Cena is back. I mean, they really don't need a really. They don't really need Orton. The comeback as soon, as soon as possible. I mean, it'll be good to see him in the ring, but right now, I think Orton will be lost. Because, <laughs> I mean, one, his gimmick did get stale. It was like once he became face, I mean, eh. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at overall, like, I mean, what would you do with Randy Orton now? Because, I mean, your title picture has gotten younger. Most of your talent is younger, and you bringing in you bringing in new younger indie guys left and right, making them stars. I mean, a lot of these old guys are really about to lose their spots, and Randy Orton could be one. Exactly. And then uh, when you think about, and then uh, real quick before we get up out of here, uh, there's a rumor going around that. Roman Reigns' failed uh, drug test that resulted in a 30-day suspension was from Molly. Ooh. Wow. It was from Molly. <laughs> you know what? There's also another Pasta rumor. Molly now suspended. Okay, all right. There's a rumor that Vince McMahon wants to actually have Roman come back off the redemption gimmick when he comes back from a suspension. Like, he's trying to, Vince is pretty much trying to find ways to get him over with the crowd. That redemption gimmick ain't going to do nothing more but to, but 
piss your fans off even more than what they already are. Nobody gives a fuck about that. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. It's a complete mistake. It really is. It's a huge mistake. Redemption? How about you bring him back as a heel who loves drugs? Why not? Let let art imitate real life like WWE has done in the past. I mean, maybe him, maybe them doing that will actually get him more over than trying to have him come back redeeming himself. Like seriously, now fans not only going to boo at him, but they probably going to have signs with Molly and Roman together or chant Molly Eater. You know what? Molly Eater should be his. Molly Eater should be his his new intro song. No. <laughs> shout out to Dawn Shout out to decent Dawn <laughs> Oh yeah, shout out to Dawn Wong on that one. Oh, Damn, I, I forgot it's not yeah, an one here no more. And then, uh, and then one last thing. You notice that they renamed the WWE World Heavyweight Championship back to the WWE Championship. I guess in anticipation of the brand extension, they might be bringing the big gold belt back in the World Championship. Who knows? But uh, yeah. Honestly, I think we're done now. I, I'm not sure because there was this picture floating around of the belt for SmackDown. It's going to look like the WWE Championship, but. Instead of red, it's going to have blue for SmackDown. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but that blue belt there looks pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, if that's the route they're going to go, man, I mean, I'm not mad at them. Right. But shout, out, shout out to Molly Eater, Roman Reigns. Though. Okay, all right. Where's that? All right. Molly Eater, Roman Reigns. Yep, Molly Eater's good. <laughs> The Molly, the Molly Samoan. The Molly eater, he got <laughs> The Samoan Molly eater. There we go. The Molly, the Molly Samoan. Dog, chill the camera. Do give us Roman Reigns. I can't. <laughs> I mean, that, that should be his gimmick. The Molly Samoan. Okay. All That's right. it. Okay. Okay. He comes out the Molly eater. Hell, at WrestleMania. You gotta have Don Wall perform, Don Wall and Don Wall and Twister performing. There you go. You can come out as Bloodshot Red. Sorry, turned up. I hate you. I hate you, man. I'm gonna cry because I'm laughing. I hate you. Just give him a while. I just hope he doesn't. I just hope he doesn't do nothing stupid like accidentally Superman punch himself while he's under the influence. I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, if they want to get Roman over with the fans, stop. Just stop. Because, I mean, all these little fake hero gimmicks that you're trying to give them ain't working. Everything that you've done up to this point has not worked. Just stop. Have his real life. Make him a heel that your fans would slowly come to like. But we are actually past out of time. It's been fun, y'all. It really has been. 
But we uh, we gotta go. <laughs> See y'all later though. See y'all next week. See y'all next. See y'all next week. Holla.